0: I think that's where the idea of resonance and, you know, vibration comes in and it's become kind of trope, like I'll raise your vibration, but it's really about always bringing it back to, if someone thinks that's kind of woo woo or whatever, it's like, well, when you sit in the sun, we were just chatting about this. When you sit in the sun, how does it make you feel? You love feeling the warmth on your skin and it's a type of radiation. There's a resonance, there's a vibration to that. I can listen. There's a a police car going outside right now. I'm sure you can't hear it, but it's like, that sound is a resonance. That sound is a vibration. So we're interacting and interfacing with all of these inputs that we experience on a day-to-day basis. Or again, you walk into a room where your partner's angry. It's like, you know, they're angry. They don't have to say anything. We feel all of these things. So in terms of reconnecting someone to their inner knowing and their inner divine being. It's just starting in these small ways of acknowledging we're impacted by everything that we experience in the world around us. This is a place
1: of community connection,
0: where we honor and celebrate each individual's
2: unique gifts and passions, share rituals for all the seasons and cycles of life, and bring light to both ancient and modern practices that transform communities to the new earth paradigm one that is more loving,
1: compassionate, and life-affirming. This is the Nourish Collective. I'm Jeanette Seeley, and I'm Kate Strakash. We are so grateful that you are here with us.
2: Today we're talking to Dr. Catherine Craig, intuitive guide and teacher, who founded The Etheric in 2022 as a way to connect people more deeply and widely with their own internal healing processes. Catherine is a doctor of acupuncture with over 12 years of experience, a seasoned yoga practitioner with over 20 years of experience, and she brings her passion for self-healing through movement and meditation to every client experience. Catherine's mission of bringing education and empowerment back into spirituality and healing continues to light her up every day. She feels it is a privilege and honor to be there for her clients during life's most difficult and beautiful moments.
1: Well, we, we're we so excited that we finally get to reconvene in this realm. It's, it's funny how you know, in our minds and looking at dates, we had other anticipated plans, but as life shows us, cannot be attached to anything. And the symbolism of getting to have this conversation and explore it on this eclipse, on this new moon, and our anniversary of the three of us being introduced together in this lifetime, maybe because I feel that we've all been <laughs> dancing through many lifetimes together and <laughs> in, in different parts of the world. But it really is a, a privilege to Connect with you here, Catherine, and celebrate all that you are doing in the world. And had this conversation been a year or two ago, it would have been a very different experience. So here we are,
0: the end it's, of October
1: 2022.
0: It's wild, like how life brings us. And we're just, we were all gabbing before we came on here about how time has been moving or not moving, and that it's really, you know, almost these portals that we enter into. And It feels like I'm reflecting back to when we all met and it feels like yesterday, but it also feels like lifetimes ago and how we help support each other and build and grow our businesses and the healing community. I remember, you know, I'm native from the area, but when I moved back from Manhattan, I was like, there's no, there's no healing community around here. But now when I left New Jersey, 10 years later, it's wild. You know, there's coaches and body workers and healers and like a gajillion yoga studios, and people are so hungry for this self-actualization and this self-growth and embodiment and really being able to speak in this way that 10 years ago, we weren't able to speak about all of these things.
2: Yeah, it's a sign of the times too. The darker it becomes, the more we seek the light. And it was five years ago or something, and I heard someone predict that the next big fad in pop culture was going to be like embodiment and healing and esoteric practices. And it was about a week later or two weeks later, I walked into Barnes and Nobles and you know, in their front display, all of the books were about spirituality. <laughs> and I was like, okay, well, if this is going to be a fad, I'm ready for it.
0: It's so funny in the process of getting kind of my new way of working with people set up. And it's tough because I did hands-on work before, but so much of my process was about guiding and again seeing these wounds in people and these gifts and helping them actualize in ways out of illness and into their to their own way of knowing and being, but being to art- be able to articulate that in a way In which people can be receptive to it, you know, before it was under the cloak of acupuncture, it's like almost like a bait and switch. I'm like, yeah, come on in for acupuncture, (laughs) leave with some self-actualization, you know, so it was, it's much more, but being able to articulate it in a way where it's accessible to people to, to people who aren't necessarily into the esoteric. And it's, it's so funny. I'm working with kind of a mentor of mine at the moment, and she kept bringing up like everything you're posting and talking about is esoteric. And I'm like, what does that even mean? But I was spraying from the womb just with esoteric things bubbling around in my mind. So it's so fascinating to me, the, uh, the interest level that there is. And I'm sure you ladies have seen that as well in terms of people wanting to understand the energy body and understand their physical bodies and how they work within them. And even again, just the language people are using around expressing themselves out into the world. So different than it was 10 years ago.
3: There's a hunger for it. It seems that there's this lust to
1: understand more. And for many, including myself, I don't always have the words for it, but the sensations are there. And that's some of the patterning that I'm seeing right now is just that, that it's kind of like our inner guides are seeking to find that and to bring Mm -hmm. all these levels together, but maybe not quite knowing how to define it or what to look for. But all of a sudden it's like, there's this alignment of, oh yes, that's a match. And it might be something that feels so foreign. But it's really not, but it's bringing back all these pieces.
0: I think that's where the idea of resonance and, you know, vibration comes in and it's become kind of trope, like I'll raise your vibration, but it's really about always bringing it back to, if someone thinks that's kind of woo woo or whatever, it's like, well, when you sit in the sun, we were just chatting about this. When you sit in the sun, how does it make you feel? You love feeling the warmth on your skin and it's a type of radiation. There's a resonance, there's a vibration to that. I can listen. There's a a police car going outside right now. I'm sure you can't hear it, but it's like, that sound is a resonance. That sound is a vibration. So we're interacting and interfacing with all of these inputs that we experience on a day-to-day basis. Or again, you walk into a room where your partner's angry. It's like, you know, they're angry. They don't have to say anything. We feel all of these things. So in terms of reconnecting someone to their inner knowing and their inner divine being it's just starting in these small ways of acknowledging we're impacted by everything that we experience in the world around us and in corollary to that we're impacting through our own vibration through what we're putting out into the world which is again once you start realizing that it takes an incredible amount of responsibility and intention to start moving in the world in this way It's beautiful the
2: way you just shared about that. If we think of this idea of raising our vibration, of filling our lives with things and sensory inputs and opening our doorways of perception to experience things that make us feel good, because feeling and emotion has a huge imprint on our vibration. And even though feeling and emotion are like transient waves of experience that we move through, how can we show up for ourselves and allow ourselves to be nourished, to feel good, so that then we can show up for others and help co-regulate, you know, how our nervous systems love to dance with each other. We know this if we've held a baby, if we have given someone a hug when they're really sad, like there's an instant sort of calm when you're with someone who has a regulated nervous system. So it is a huge responsibility.
0: Oh my gosh. Now, what is your thought, Jeanette, on, because I always learned, and it's so hard in terms of how like we just colloquially use our words and our vernacular. But in terms of like tantric practices, I always learned that emotions are the unconscious expression and that feelings are our conscious expression so that our emotion, our emotionality maybe. So when we're reactive or more of like the shadow side of emotions versus, you know, the feeling of love, which is a very clean, pure it's something we physically feel in our bodies versus a react reaction of our nervous system.
2: So the tantrika practice that I engage in mm-hmm. would come to this through the lens of the Mahagunas, the sattva, rajas, and tamas. And the sattva would be the sweetness and the connection and the purity and the light. Mm-hmm. And rajas, of course, would be that acceleration and that, that kind of irritation and agitation
3: mm-hmm.
2: and then tamas would be lethargy and inertia and stuckness and oh. ignorance and so we can look at all emotions as having those three qualities mm-hmm. and we don't want to strive towards sattva because the striving in itself is <laughs> and we do need all three like there's yeah. nothing good or bad yeah um, but how can we invite more? Sattva, you can invite sattva with sunlight. So yeah, beautiful question. I, I love, love that. that.
0: Yeah, what I love that. Because I always struggled with that. Because especially when you're teaching, it's like, oh, well, this is this and that's that. But just in understanding the qualities about them, that's, that's a really beautiful way of um, letting them dance together in a way that might be more useful to people. You know, I
2: think a lot of spirituality has been about transcending, ascending, you know, and now we're moving into embodied living. We don't yeah. need to transcend the body, the mind, the emotions. Mm-hmm. They're, we're living. <laughs> this is what we experience. So, mm-hmm. and I know that's some of the beautiful work that you're doing around embodiment is yeah. just bringing people home and creating. What tell us, tell us about it?
0: Well, I think also, I mean, and just in terms of the transcendent, just a I guess in, a kind of esoteric articulation is that it's there's almost some shame involved in if we're trying to transcend away from the body, you know, I always operate from the, like, if I, if I operate from the truth of knowing God made me perfectly, just as I am perfectly embodied with all of the experiences that I need to experience, whether through suffering or through joy, in order to actualize myself in a way that's necessary for my karmic growth or my soul's growth. If that's true, then what? So I think when I've worked with clients or I'm working with clients, there's often parts of ourself that we shut away because of shame or suffering that we've experienced. And when we try to transcend past that, that can be one type of coping mechanism, you know, unless you're actually an ascended master and then, you know, Go on, go on ahead and do that. But in terms of kind of the average everyday person, if we try to transcend past that, it can be a coping mechanism and it can be very useful for some people. Some people don't have the resources or support to, to process whatever shame or suffering they might be experiencing. So if you do have to bypass that, whether for now or for a period of time, that's an okay place to be. But just acknowledging that this is what I'm doing and there might be some stuff in the box to deal with at a later date but but allowing ourselves to know that we all experience shame we all experience suffering in our embodied lives and how are we going to reconcile that rearticulate it express that in a way that is going to be helpful not only for us in our process but for our relationships and then for the world around us
3: I love so much of what you both were
1: were sharing about not moving into these transcendent states, but really embodying and anchoring. And what comes to mind, and this has been through conversations that both of you have I've had individually, and even Catherine the other night on our call with resentment that we none of us are immune to any human experience of <laughs> no the full spectrum of feelings and emotions. And when we can really rest in this place of embodiment, that embodiment is all of that, that yes, we can choose, we can anchor into the, the feeling of safety and love and radiance and vitality and knowing that that could be a North Star where we want to feel and know it's possible, but it's also fully safe to just welcome that yeah there might be times where I feel really ashamed or I have so much shame in me but I know that this is not permanent it's just moving through this Mm -hmm. practice and and this is something that you are doing so much work in with with your clients with all that you've created recently but there's just there's a lot of grace that can be accessed when we can anchor into the full spectrum within this this journey of of all of it, not trying to chase anything away or trying mm-hmm. to
0: ignore. Yeah, and for me, I'm sure you guys have um, experienced this in your the course of your healing careers is this idea of safety. And I think that's amazing that you brought that up because so much of what I've been trying to do as someone who's gone from hands-on work to now more guiding and empowerment work and educational work I would say is helping clients and folks we're working with understand what safety means in their life. And I've had the experience on, you know, being the client when I've gone to a practitioner, like you're in a safe space. I'm like, girl, you just met me. I have no idea who you are. Like, who do you think you are to tell me I'm in a safe space, you know? And I have so much appreciation for practitioners who do strive to create those safe spaces, but Also understanding on each client experience what that safety means to them and how they can eventually embody the safety for themselves so that they're not constantly seeking out practitioners in order to enable that, because that in the long run will be disempowering to them. You know, there's a time and a place and process, but ultimately my goal is with any of my clients is that they're out the door living their life and that they're feeling safe and secure and empowered and embodied and ready to show up in the world the way they need to show up as and not constantly. We all need tune-ups every now and then, but not giving over their healing into somebody else's hands. I love
2: that you said that. I I do. I fully align and resonate with that so much. (laughs) it is safety is an inside job and once we really learn how to establish that for ourselves it is such a gift and then the the practice becomes a tune-up rather than a hand-holding as part of right. the journey and as mm-hmm. you said it is a process but i think healers and practitioners who who facilitate that deep reliance on them are doing a great disservice
0: so- when I, I think just in the healing community we can become you know, because frankly, like our livelihoods based on people coming into service with us and us coming into service with them. And you can sometimes get into these codependent relationships with people. And then when things change, it's, it's very difficult. I experienced that in terms of closing my practice, there was a lot of that happening when it was really tough on people. And it was tough on me in a lot of ways in terms of making sure that this person for one has correct referrals so that they're not left in the lurch for two, that I'm honoring my boundaries in terms of how I need to move on in my life and then honoring all the amazing healing work that we've done together, but ultimately allowing that person to know that their health and their healing's not hinged on whether I have my office in Red Bank, New Jersey, their health and healing's hinged on them being able to show up for themselves and pursue the actualization and pursue the healing that they need to heal these parts of themselves that are asking for it so as i know you guys know sometimes we become these great mirrors for people and we just have to keep keep the good boundaries around around that
3: and tis the season as we're moving into the scorpio world the
1: scorpio realm it's my season
0: are either of you scorpios no sag sag what are you Jeanette? i forget cancer
2: virgo virgo oh
0: we've got a nice mix we've got some earth earth and fire water Mm -hmm. (laughs) i just had an amazing astrological reading with the new astrologer i met and um Did very much about like the nodal work because I was like, this is kind of what I need right now. And it's amazing to see. But yeah, Scorpio season. I didn't mean to interrupt you, Kate, about no, but so much of
1: it is really exactly what you were just sharing. And it's allowing ourselves to go into the shadows, into those places that all the potential and the it's that booster of activation is already there, it's unlocking it and just being willing to experience a death process which is something that the three of us were even chatting about before we got on that the seven year cycle of renewal mm-hmm. through all of it right we move through life we move through death and only through death can we rebirth but the practice of embodiment is really moving through these cycles of looking at the full perspective and the full not just one tiny little perception of what health could be or relationships could be all the things that all three of us do essentially with our work, working with clients. It's like, we can just learn about every wheel within the wheels of the whole cycle of, of life with within that. But this is such a beautiful season for that and allowing that darkness to, to just slow things down so we can, have a better integration process that it doesn't feel so rushed right Jeanette you you're so attuned to the seasons with all the Ayurvedic work and honoring what we can really access from within
2: it's a beautiful time and I I love that we're coming together in this you know eclipse and shift of seasons and movement inwards to do the deeper work to cultivate the fire on the inside for transformation and it's a beautiful time for that So Catherine, tell us a little Mm -hmm. bit, would you mind sharing for our listeners probably
0: don't have the full story of the big transition you just made? Oh gosh. So the big transition. So I'll give you the, the cliff notes life story. So I originally got into healing after what I say is a series of unfortunate events. So I was living in New York at the time. I had my dream job in the cosmetics industry and I suffered a series of events. So I was in a car accident followed by multiple autoimmune diagnoses. And by the time I was 26, even though I was a rising star in the company, I was diagnosed with cancer, thyroid cancer. And at that moment in time, um, this was all over the course of about five years. And I had been going to doctor, 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 no answers except reduce your stress level. And I was like, okay, that's helpful. And um so I started going to acupuncture probably about a year before the cancer diagnosis, and it didn't solve all the problems, but it shifted things for me in a way that I was able to see ways I needed to improve my life. I had to improve my diet in a lot of ways. I had to improve how I was managing emotional stress, how I was managing my physical stress. And so I had my surgery and then two weeks later, I went in and quit my job and went to acupuncture school. So that was three full years of, I continued working part-time and going to school. And, you know, at that point in time, looking back, I should have taken a little bit of a sabbatical, but it's not really in my DNA to do that. Even though kind of now is the sabbatical that I've needed probably about 15 years in the making. And so after that, I moved back to New Jersey and started my acupuncture practice in Red Bank that I had for nine glorious years. And it was a beautiful time in my life. It was a gift to me because I was able to not only help and serve in the community, but it gave me the time and space to heal a lot of the physical manifestations that were still alive and well in my system. So I learned an incredible amount of dietary therapy, functional medicine, obviously Chinese medicine. I've been a yoga practitioner for over 20 years now. So I have my 200 hour, I'm not a, I'm not a learned teacher like Jeanette, but I do love teaching. And um, so about, we went through all of the COVID stuff. And during that, I felt very called to stay in New Jersey during that time for a number of reasons. And it was in 2021 after a relationship of mine ended, At this point, most of my family had left the area. So it was just me in New Jersey with my business. And as my relationship ended, I was like, I don't think this is a good enough reason to stay here anymore. So I started to think about moving. But more important than that, I kept getting these messages. And I'd had a relationship with my guides probably for my whole life, but more specifically probably about seven years before this and each year it's kind of grown 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 2020 definitely because we were all called on so much in that year to not only serve but also ground down in our nervous systems that there was further communication and further revealing of some of my spirit guides on the other side and So what kept coming to me in 2021 is this isn't tenable anymore. You're being called to impact more people in a different way. And it's not sustainable for you to hold on to your acupuncture practice at this point. And so I was like, okay. And I've always listened, you know, I've listened to the signs, but what I'll tell people in terms of spirit guide, spiritual relationship, it's not... God, you know, God is, this is how I see it. And if people beg to differ, that's totally fine. But the way it works for me is I'm here on earth. You know, God is source. God is up here. God is all knowing source of love and um, divinity. And then the realms in between, we have our ancestral guides, we have our spirit guides, we have our ascended masters, we have our angels, gods and deities. And that tends to be the way that I see it. And I work with it. And so like any relationship that we're entering into, it's a relationship, it's negotiation, it's not someone coming down and saying, you're going to move to Florida, you're going to start a new business. These are all opportunities that may or may not present themselves. And we have to decide based on our responsibilities, our own free will, whether that's information that we want to entertain and integrate into our lives. And so again, like through 2021, early 2022, I was in severe negotiations with them about what the right timeframe was, what the right support that I needed in order to do this, in order to continue to step forth and serve in the way that I'm being called to and asked to. So that's kind of how we ended up here. So I founded what's called the etheric and it's still work in progress. I'm endlessly frustrated by technology. So looking to get some good people on board to help me with aesthetics and design and all of those wonderful things that I'm not an expert in so that I can continue to show up in the way that I need to for clients. And it's been beautiful. I have some clients coming on board and the work has been so rewarding, even though, like I said, people are used to, to getting answers. So When people, like I've had some messages come through Instagram, do you do readings? And the answer is no, I don't do readings because this work is really about empowering you so that you're able to get in touch with your own intuition and your own understanding. And if you're called to with your own spirit family and spirit guides. So it's not about me coming in and telling you X, Y, and Z, but about me coming in and giving you some tools so that you can learn to connect in that way. So it's been really, really rewarding. I love it. And then some teaching opportunities. So Kate and I were just chatting on my podcast and this beautiful course that we've been developing has been born and I'm so excited for it. So here we are.
3: Do you want to tell us a little bit about that, Kate?
1: So this, again, trusting in in the guidance and trusting in the timing. You had me on as your podcast guest talking about sacred sexuality And we dove deep into talking about women and the wisdom of the yoni, and then diving deep into men's work as well with the potency and the empowerment that they can activate through their lingams. And you and I have led similar journeys with the clients, with many, many women in your acupuncture practice around fertility, around Mm -hmm. conception. Yeah. And not only just on the physical realm, but also the energetic and the emotional realm. And so much of my work is devoted to that as well. So this was this beautiful alchemic response and, and birthing of sex and the sacred, the fundamentals, mm-hmm. scaling everything back into understanding what our eros, our liveliness is within our body, and then exploring these pathways of pleasure. This does not even mean relating to a partner. It can Mm -hmm. be, but Mm -hmm. understanding all these different threads of consciousness and subconsciousness that create and connect and all the interference of our conditioning, of societal conditioning and fears and trauma and blending this all into this sacred container where we're going into the many, many layers within this and creating this place where we'll meet together. But then there will be many practices for each of the participants to explore on their own because we are all at different, even the three of us, at different parts of our journeys, places where we're really tuned into knowing that we need to tend. We're being guided to tending towards ourselves and other places where, we you know what, that might not be so relevant right now. So letting the body find its own, its own rhythm within. Mm. So super honored to be doing that with you.
0: Yeah, I feel so honored too. And it's such important and sacred work because it's where our creative force and our generative force lies in embodiment. And it's such a gift that again, I feel has become so shrouded in shame for so many men and women, you know, and this course is focusing on women, but you know, I am excited for the men's work coming in the future because it's needed. It's so needed. It's so needed. And that's
1: when we invite Jeanette into this because of all of her beautiful grace-filled guidance around trauma and all that you share and you teach and you embody through your journey. So this is it's really a special time that that we've all found ourselves to be on our journeys because this has only come through our own experiences and our own healing our own learning and I really can say this from my heart that none of us teach or guide from our egos but we really teach through our lived experiences and and honoring and owning that as we work with individuals whether it's hands-on whether it's face-to-face virtual one-on-one or virtual community around the world and it's just a blessing that we
0: can be here right now it so is. It so is. I have so much gratitude for your ladies.
2: You too, both of you. I mm-hmm. love you all so much. <laughs> it's it's beautiful to see how our, our paths continue to, you know, move in a parallel way to each other and crisscross from time to time. And I think that that's the nature of soul family. And mm-hmm. it really is a gift. Mm-hmm. So
1: Catherine, mm-hmm.
2: do you have a practice you'd like to share, like a simple guided meditation or embodiment oh. practice? Mm.
0: I think one of the simplest ones, and it's going to be stupidly simple, but for those people, again, when you're stressed and and running on empty fumes, um, for one, I love yoga nidra. I think there's so much... Uh, so many great ones. You can just go on YouTube, Yoga Nidra, and you'll find something that works amazing. I have the Gaia app and I love, there's been one I'm listening to for like months now, Jeremy Wolf. It's like 20 minutes and I'm like my Marma points and like the radiant body and like the stardust. And I'm, I'm loving that, but a simple exercise that I think everybody needs to know how to do is for one to recognize when you're paradoxical breathing. So Oftentimes, and I do it too, because I get excited when I'm talking and then like, oh, my diaphragm pulls up and then you hear me running short on breath. But, and you and Kate are so good about not doing that. You're so grounded in your bodies. What's important is to be able to ground down, whether you're sitting, you can ground down into the sit bones, bringing the feet on the floor, feeling the rootedness of the earth coming through. And then feeling the crown connecting with the sun, the cosmos, God overhead, and letting whatever spirit feels source, feels good for you to pour through your body. And in doing that, we can allow our hands to rest on the lower belly.
3: And simply allowing ourselves to breathe in through the nose, and deep into the lower abdomen. And we can allow ourselves to do this for one minute, five minutes, 10 minutes. But in that simple practice of breathing, just allowing our nervous system to stop and unwind
0: and ensure that we're taking care of our physical needs, our need to breathe, our need to rest, our need to digest, and allowing the air and all the pranic forces
3: To move through every cell in our bodies, engendering healing, engendering grace, engendering presence, and allowing love to pour through us and out of us. So as you're ready, if you desire to come out of this, you can just gently start to wiggle your fingers, your toes, move your eyebrows, gently
0: start to move your neck side to side, your rib cage side to side, And allowing that breath to move fully in
3: and out of your lungs. And when you're ready, you can come back into full presence. And thank your body for taking just even one minute in healing. In grace, in presence, and in love.
0: It's so easy for us to get lost in our tasks that we need to accomplish, in our fears that we're all holding on to, that just taking even one minute in the day to recalibrate and rearticulate our nervous systems and allow for that small change to take place can be so powerful for people.
3: Lovely, so lovely. Thank you. Thank you. So Catherine, where
2: can people find you these days?
0: People can find me at theetheric.com. So not uh, we're not British. So it's T-H-E-E-T-H-E-R-I-C, theetheric.com. Um, or you can also find me on Instagram at Catherine Craig Etheric. That's the main platform I'm on. I have a little toe in the water on some of the other platforms, but that's our main focus. And we would love to work with you. Like Kate said, we've got this amazing workshop coming up starting November 1st. It's a masterclass for women that's appropriate for all knowledge levels, education experiences. And we would love to see any of you there. And if you're interested in booking private sessions with me, I don't do necessarily one-on-ones unless we've worked together, but I have a couple different programs and ways that we can work together. And Hope to suit, again, all knowledge levels. Anyone who's a willing student and eager to learn, there's a way that we can work together. So I'm excited for the future. And like I said, I have so much gratitude for you ladies. It's believable. Feeling is
3: mutual towards both of you. Thank you. Mm -hmm.
2: Thank you so much. We'll talk to you again soon. I'm sure we'll have you back. There's so much more to share. I
0: know, I
3: know. (laughs) I love it. I love it all.